Thank you, Jeff. Good job, Stephen and Erna. Great job on those strings. Y'all sounded so good. Enjoyed hearing y'all. Bless you. It's really good. So Kristen, who's singing here on our praise team, your parents are in the house. And so we just gotta say hello to Jera and Jerry and Jana. Um, Jana has valiantly uh, been fighting this, this battle, uh, cancer, and uh, we praise the Lord that you're here and that you're strong in the Lord, and uh, we're so delighted that you're here. I knew you were coming on Palm Sunday, Kristen told me. She said, my mama is coming. I know you watch us online when you can, and so we're so glad that you're, you're here, and we just, we just have a lot of respect for you, and I appreciate you. And so Fred just came through his battle of, of cancer, and he rang the bell this week, so amen. Man, we've been praying for Mr. Fighter Pilot uh, Fred uh, Erickson. So we're so glad to have you back, brother, and in the room with us praying. Before we we prayed a little long this morning. That's why I was late get, getting out here to to see you. But so good to uh, so good to recognize you too. I'm so honored to know that you're doing well. So honored that you're here and blessed that you're doing well. So I had planned on preaching a whole sermon on Acts 19. 19 through 21, about six pages of, of manuscript and outline and all of that. And so, but we've pivoted, we've changed our, our message this morning, and uh, we're going to do something really, really a little bit different. Uh, but before I get into all the difference of what we're going to do this morning, I, I just want to, I want to read with you uh, why we celebrate Palm Sunday. And so I have it on the screen. It's Matthew chapter 21. If you have a Bible and you'd like to open it up or on your you version app or your tablet, or if you've got it just like I do right here, open it up to Matthew chapter 21. I want to read verses 1 through 11, and there's one, one statement in this whole passage of Scripture that really just jumped out at me, and it really illustrates what we're, what we're all about as a church and what we're going to do this morning, like I said, as we, as we change our, our focus and and by the way, this will be uh, the last time we look at the book of Acts for a number of weeks, probably for a couple of months. So if you'll just earmark Acts 19, and we'll pick up in verse uh, 21 in a few weeks, and then we'll, we'll go all the way to verse 41. But today, on Palm Sunday, I want to read Matthew 21, 1 through 11, and accentuate this one phrase, and then we're going to do an interview of, of somebody who's just come off the mission field, and I think you're going to be very blessed. I think you're going to be really encouraged serendipitously, there's going to be an unexpected blessing um, for you today as, as we uh, shift. Now, when they drew near uh, Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anybody says anything to you, you shall say to them, and this is the phrase, this is the phrase, the Lord needs you. <laughs> the Lord needs you. The Lord needs this donkey. The Lord needs you. That was the phrase. The Lord has need of them. So immediately he will, he, and, and if you do that, he will immediately send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, riding on a white stallion, sitting in regal royalty in a mansion in Jerusalem. That's not what it says, right? 
Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly, sitting on a, <laughs> on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt. They laid their clothes on them and set him, Jesus, on them and a very great multitude. They spread their clothes on the road and others cut down branches from the trees, palms branches probably. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. Is there waving these palm branches saying, uh, Hosanna to the King of David. They spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who were following cried out saying, Hosanna, oh God save. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. How much of the city was moved? All the city was moved. And they said, who is this? And so the multitude said, this is Jesus, uh, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. We sang that song just a minute ago, Jeff, that the, that the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Uh, it is so true. What I'm gonna do today is uh, just share a little bit about our church, about where we are, kind of where we're going, and then we're gonna take a few moments. I think we got some help lined up to move this uh, podium, this pulpit, and bring in a couple of chairs. Corey, are we prepared to do that in just a minute? Awesome. So uh, we're gonna move the pulpit in just a moment, bring in the chairs, I wanna interview uh, one of our church members who just got back from Ukraine. Now, it's not every day that you have a church member crazy, I mean, bold enough uh, to go uh, to a war zone and then do what he was supposed to do, come out, and he's going to, he's going to tell us about it. But I just want to brag on our church for just a few moments. You know, our church exists uh, to worship God, to build each other up, and to reach people uh, with the good news uh, of the gospel. I'm encouraged today for a lot of reasons. One, a lot of you guys have been praying. I know when people are praying because I get an infusion of strength and peace, okay? I, I just know people are praying because I'm getting an infusion of strength and peace, and can I add the spiritual additive of joy? And that is a, that is a blessing, and I thank you. I sincerely thank you. So I know many of you have expressed to me you're praying for me and that you're praying specifically for the series of messages that will begin sort of, begin sort of, Next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the message is entitled Believe for It, and uh, we're going to kick off this series of messages. I'm calling it The Battle uh, in Your Mind, The Battle in Your Mind, The Battles We All Face for about five or six weeks. We'll look at that. Cornerstone Community Church, we planted the church uh, four years ago. They are looking for a pastor, and so we're going to be praying for them, recommending we planted the church four years ago. They had eight new members join last Sunday. And I'm just so grateful. Isn't that cool? Eight new members joined their church. And I remember four years ago when we commissioned them, really about five years ago, commissioning them out and, and thinking about the people that we let go. And I was like, oh, man, those are, some, those are some diamonds that we are sending out and God has blessed them. And when I preached there this summer, I saw those people that we commissioned here and they were active here in the church, but they are the pillars of the church there. It's like they just had to rise up and do all these things, and so, so proud of them. And then a week from um, tonight, at five o'clock, 
Great Hills Baptist Church, uh, for the first time in the history of our church, will have another church as far as a campus. We're actually gonna have a church in Liberty Hill. I'm gonna be preaching there at 5 p.m. Uh, Jeff and Lori are gonna be leading us in praise and worship. Layton, our son, is going to be the campus pastor, which is just so cool. And I'm very proud of you, Layton. I'm excited for you. You were here. You may have left. The baby may have called, and, and you had to go. All right? And so they're going to um, be doing that. And we have a core team of people who have been meeting for nine months every week. I don't know if you knew this or not. And, and, and really, that's my fault because I get so excited and I, and I talk about stuff some and I just assume that everybody knows what's going on and you don't. And I recognize that's one of my many uh, faults and frailties problems, whatever you call it, weaknesses, and I need to do a better job of that communicating. But here it is, five o'clock next Sunday night at the Santa Rita Ranch Elementary School, Great Hills Baptist Church, there's a core team, a small group are going to launch out, and it's, it's going to be great. We're excited about it. God is working. The devil is working. You know, you know when God's working when somebody else is working too, you know what I'm saying? And so greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And so there's about 40 of you who have agreed to volunteer one Sunday night a month. And that's very, very helpful. I would ask the rest of our church not to come 5 p.m. next Sunday night. And the reason I am is because um, the little cafetorium is only so big, right? And so we can seat about 200 people. We're very excited. We're gonna be reaching out. We have been reaching out. And uh, we're gonna talk tonight about about some of those things and ways that God is blessing us and sharing with people. So just so proud of our church. Wanted to mention that to you by way of uh, report and by way of, of prayer as we, as we launch out. Okay, so um, Fred, if you'll join me up here at, the, uh, at the, the stage, we'll have our time of fellowship and talk. And if you guys could help me load this, that'd be great, Daniel. Thank you. Welcome. Just leave you, leave you stranded there. Yeah, unbless you. I like your button. That's the colors, right? We're going to have a seat here in just a minute. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate that. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've got a little issue here. I'm, yeah, hold on just a second. Okay. Hold on. There we go. Whoa. Amen. Thank you. I, um, I don't know. I pulled a muscle in my back. Sorry. I didn't mean that to be so dramatic. I was trying not to let anybody know about it, but uh, it's hard. Uh, what's that? I'm glad I made it too. Thank you, sister. This is Fred F. Wright. He's a member of our church uh, for 35 years. About, yeah. about that. And... Um, you know, like I said, it's just not every day that you uh, have a, a church member do what he just did. And I thought it would be really neat if we take just a moment, a few minutes. Fred, I originally told you, we'll give you about five minutes, then I'm going to preach my 45-minute sermon. Then I realized that probably wouldn't be very smart, you know. And so I'm thinking, why don't I just forego my sermon and just let you preach the sermon today? And I'm going to ask him a few questions about his trip. Um, and you're going to hear some things that you're not going to hear on the television. There's just some things yeah, they, right. they, they can't, they won't tell the story. Uh, but Fred and I talked for about 30 minutes yesterday, and, and I thought, oh my goodness, you, our church family needs to hear uh, what is going on in Europe 
how uh, God is doing miraculous things that we, like I said, we, we don't know about and how many people believe uh, it's far worse than what we even realize and the possibility of a, of a spread of, um, uh, of Russia across Europe and um, there may be where a time where we have to get involved. That's, that's yeah. some of the message that right. the people are saying over there. Kind of reminded me of 1939, if anybody remembers back those days. You know, I was just a lad then, but I, I remember those days. So, Fred, uh, first of all, about a month ago, you, you called me and said, I, I, I got an idea. And I was thinking, what in the world is this guy thinking? This is the guy that's already taken on Haiti, you know, and, and God's used him to change a country in Haiti. So I went to his office over there in Steck Avenue, and I said, Fred, what are you thinking? What, are you, what is going on? And he told me these words, and I kid you not. He said, I believe God wants me to go to Ukraine. And I said, Fred, what have you been smoking? I mean, what, what is going on in your mind? That, that's impossible, and God's not telling you that, and I just didn't say that. I just listened to him, and he says, no, I'm serious, Pastor. I, I have a one-way ticket to Poland, and I'm going to land in Poland. I'm going to get a van, and I'm going to take food in, and I'm going to bring people out. I think that's what God wants me to do. And I'm telling you guys, a month later, here we are. That's exactly what he just did. He took food in, and he got people out of Lviv, and he's lived to tell about it. But Fred, let me, let me begin this way by asking you, what, what did God do or use to convince you that, okay, this is what you're supposed to do? How was he speaking to you? Um, I was just, you know, I was watching TV like everybody else and uh, just seeing all the atrocities. And, and uh, Paula, my wife, told me one day she was watching and there was a lady, I guess, in Ukraine. And she said, you people in America, you're watching this on the news and you're like eating popcorn watching a movie and this is our life. Yeah. And that just, that, that started the process. And then I was working out and literally I was just, I was at a weight bench with the mirror. It's, it's, it's at my house. And I just felt this humongous burden. Mm-hmm. And it was just God saying, I want you to go to Ukraine. And I'm going, mm, that's not really a good idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be 70 next week. And, you know, yeah. that, and so we talked and God says, no, I really want you to go to Ukraine <laughs> or that part of Europe. And so I figured, okay, I got an out here. I'll ask Paula if I can go. <laughs> and Paula's going to say no. no. And yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So that was about 10 o'clock at noon on Saturday. Paula and I go to lunch, get a hamburger like we do on every Saturday. And I said, mm, hey, sweetie, I got something I got to ask you. I think God wants me to go to Ukraine or Eastern Europe. What do you think? And she goes, oh, I think if God tells you that, then that's a great idea. <laughs> and I'm going, wrong answer. And I did. I told her, that's really not the answer I needed. And, and so, anyway, I bought a ticket, and, and there was no plan. Um, I really felt it was God was testing my faith. Okay, so he, he gets his ticket, um, and there's a pastor friend of his in uh, Minnesota, John Braylon, and a friend of his found out about Fred's idea and said, uh, we, we're, we want to go with you. I came within an eyelash of, of going, or I don't know if I've told you this, but I knew there were some things that I was very committed to do. I know we had two funerals that I preached last week. We, the, I was preaching in Missouri uh, Monday, I preached for the North American Mission Board on Wednesday here in our, in our church, and I was just thinking, I don't, 
I don't think it's right of me to call and cancel and, and change. I said, but I'll be praying for you, Fred. And I mean, we really were praying for you. So <laughs> you get some body armor. He can't make this stuff up. He goes and borrows some body armor. Y'all ever got any body armor to go on a mission trip? All right, so that's what he does. And he goes, um, lands in Poland and doesn't have, uh, really have much of a strategy, much of a plan. But, and it's so cool, Fred, and this is what I, I hope our people will hear. It all, sometimes God doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But when you step out on faith, it makes perfect sense. And so when you land in Poland, what, what's happening? Um, it really was the whole, the whole journey was just faith. We literally landed in Poland, and John, and I did not know anything about this, 20 years ago, he had done a mission trip in the Czech Republic mm -hmm. to help teach English to people. And so before we left, John had called or emailed this lady and her husband, and they're, they're in-country missionaries. They are, from, mm -hmm. they are from the Czech Republic and their English teachers there, and he had helped them. But they had not conversed in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so they just said, you gotta come see us. And so it's about an hour and a half from Krakow to Trenek in the, in the Czech Republic. So we just got the van and, and drove it. We, had, we did not know where we were gonna spend the night. We did not know, I mean, all, we were prepared. It was a big van. There yeah. was three, three rows of seats. We thought, well, we can always sleep in the van. Yeah. And that's how we got to Trinette. Okay, so you got the van, and then um, you, I know part of the story is you, you, you packed that van out. You went to a, a, a grocery store in Poland and bought like $5,000 worth of groceries, right? right? And that was the goal is to get that van into, into Ukraine right. and, and get, get, people, get people out. So uh, just, you know, just take us through just, I know you, you shared so many cool stories with me and just things that you saw God do. Can you tell us a little bit about just, because I know this is just heartbreaking, and, and we're going to show you some pictures. I think we, we have. We can just, we just start showing these if y'all want to. We just, we just kind of roll them as we're, as we're sitting here. This is uh, from Fred's mission trip. But the people that are coming out of the country, there are two or three million people who have fled Ukraine. Then I heard yesterday there are four or five million people in Ukraine who are what you would classify as displaced internally, that they have no home. They don't know what to do. So tell us about... The, the, not the men. There are no men. You didn't see hardly any Ukrainian men. No. None. But you saw plenty of women and children. What, what was that like? Um, we spent a lot of time at what they call processing centers where the, the women and children come out. And a lot of them are from eastern Ukraine. And it's hard to imagine. Some of these women have been in a bomb shelter for about 28 days limited food, limited water, and no power. Some came from the Maripol that y'all see. Mm -hmm. And they all tell these miraculous stories, and a lot of them are not Christians, they're not faith. So, but somehow somebody's told them, and they, a lot of them have these miraculous stories of how they got to a church. And from that church, somebody's arranged transportation to get them to most of them are going through Lviv. Mm -hmm. And from there, they take a bus ride. Now, it may take them a day and a half or two days to get from Maripol to Lviv. Wow. And they've got their kids, and if the bus or the train is crowded, 
they throw their baggage off. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Yeah. I mean, they'll have no clothes, the clothes on their back. Mm-hmm. They have no money because the banks have been blown up. Mm-hmm. They've said goodbye to their husbands, their sons, their grandfathers. Mm-hmm. The grandparents aren't leaving. They're not leaving. You got to remember, most of these people have never left their village or their town. And they've got, they have lived through communism. They've lived through Soviet Russia. Ukraine is their home. Mm-hmm. They'll die there. Yeah. And they, they fully know that. Yeah. I mean, I talked to a lady at a long time that she, she's from um, east of, uh, east, way, way east of Kiev. She's right on the border. And she's a single lady and her parents will not leave. And she fully expects them to die. And she said, they're fine with that. Mm. They're Ukraine. Mm. That's their home. They're not leaving. I've talked to women whose their husbands are fighting, and they're fully prepared to die. Mm -hmm. It's it's just like, this is what we got to do. Russia is bad. They've treated us bad for hundreds of years, and we're taking a stand. Mm -hmm. But to see these women, they got... The average age is about 45. They got two kids. Mm-hmm. They've been traumatized for weeks. That was the family that you showed the picture. And yeah, you know, so that that's that's what you see. Yeah, the thing you you shared uh, with me because we, we talked about the you're seeing just a lot of evil, you know, because you're seeing people just you know execute. You're hearing these stories where people being executed, uh, civilians being killed, uh, homes being uh, blown up. But there's something you said, Fred, that that you maybe didn't expect to see, but how powerful the church oh, oh. is involved in this whole thing. And I want you to yeah, tell, well, tell us about that. And tell us about the Joshua Venture yeah. Group too. John, we, towards the end of our trip, John and John and I talked about this at, at, at great length. I really felt that the reason I went was to help people. And we did help people. That, 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 mm-hmm. You know that. But when I was sitting on the plane in Krakow to come home by myself, I'm looking out the window, the sun's coming up, and it's raining outside, and it's cold. And a guy named Tomas, who I think is watching right now. Good, good. uh, He just texted me um, a few minutes ago. He said, how did it go? And I said, well, you can watch it right now. So (laughs) I think Tomas is watching. And uh, uh, right before we left, Tomas said, Fred, I said, Tomas, how can I help? What else can we do? Because I felt our time was, we were, we were, it was time to come home. Mm-hmm. And he said, please tell the story. Mm-hmm. And I, then it all dawned on me that the primary focus was, yes, to help people. I mean, was the secondary, but the primary focus is to tell people the story and what's going on mm-hmm. and the rising up of the church. Yes. Guys, I cannot tell you. Yes. It's beyond, I don't know what's beyond a miracle, (laughs) but you're seeing the church, everything is funneled through the church. And this is not a Christian area. This is Soviet communist parts of the world. They shoved atheism down their throat. They said, Christians are stupid. They're lazy. They're nothing. I mean, that's what they told these people. And now they're seeing the church come 
they're coming to the church. They're getting food at the church. They're getting transportation through the church. Mm -hmm. It's the church. And everybody we talk to mm -hmm. is a pastor. Mm -hmm. The churches have pivoted mm -hmm. from a refuge for sinners to a refuge for everybody. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's good. That's good. and I, I just, I can't I mean, I, we don't have enough time, but I can just tell you, the church is the embodiment of Christ, yeah. and they're living it. And these, I mean, I had a, I mean, I had a question. A, a lady asked me, "Why are you here?" Mm -hmm. And well, that answer was simple: God loves you enough that He sent a nobody from Texas <laughs> to tell you He loves you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm driving, and she's sitting here next to me, and man, you see the tears start flowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We saw. I shed a lot of tears. But they shed a lot of tears. Yeah. Um, but it, I just can't, I don't know what else I can tell you that, that I, I just, I can't explain what was going on. I don't have the words to say the miraculous things. Pastors are becoming relief coordinators. Mm -hmm. Classrooms are now dorms. Mm -hmm. Another classroom is now a food area where they're passing out food. There's an, I mean, everywhere we went, there is a classroom where people have donated clothes. And, and from the Czech Republic and from Poland, these are working, we were in small towns and villages. These are working class people. Yeah. One of the, the, the town we spent the most time in was in Trenek in, in, in Czech Republic. An average lady has four or five outfits, a couple of winter and a couple of spring. The men have two or three pair of work pants and some shirts. They don't physically have the clothes to donate. Mm -hmm. But people from all over Europe yeah. are bringing stuff in. And guess what? It's all coming through the church. Coming through the church. That's the part you don't hear on, on, in the media, the, the um, humanitarian uh, aid, all those things that are happening. I think about Samaritan's Purse. I think about other Christian, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention is there in, in great numbers, what's called Send Relief. And, um, okay, I got, I got so many things running through my mind. And, and I, wanna, I wanna tell our church a little bit, Fred, about what you did. Um, you took uh, that van, you went shopping, you and your two buddies, you drove in $5,000 worth, I don't know how many, a couple tons worth of food. It, it was 5,000 pounds, and yeah, it was about 5,000 bucks, okay. a buck a pound. So they drive that in, they drop it off, and, and then they pick up this, this family. And it's a grandmother, a mother, and two children. And this really puts, this really puts it in perspective, because these are people, you know. They, these are people who are trying to get out and, and get to safety. And so they, they get them there. But then Fred has this wild idea. While he's there, he, he understands that if you can get a, a semi-tractor trailer, and you can... If you can fund it, you can get it, and it would go all the way into Kiev or very close to it. And so, um, what would that look like? <laughs> okay, we, were, we were having breakfast and, uh, at Laura and Brunick's little flat. Uh -huh. um, and Laura teaches English, like I said, so she invited one of her old students. His name is Tomas Chavel, and Thomas, I think, is watching right now. So we're sitting breakfast, and I said, Thomas, what do you do? And he said, well, I'm a youth minister in Ukraine. I'm living over here. We got this relief deal going, and, I'm, you know, 
you're going to take your food tomorrow to one of to our center, a church in Lviv, and you know we're going to try and bring some people out, and that's great. And he said, "Man, if we're we have bought one semi truck full of food, and we're going to try and keep doing that." And he was telling a story, and this was about two minutes. And I said, "Thomas, stop, stop. What? I don't want to hear anymore. Okay, I'm in." I said, "Thomas." I just felt God tell me to help you mm-hmm. while you were talking. Mm. And you only talked for 20 seconds, and I just couldn't stop you. Mm. And so I said, look, I'm going to go a little bit on faith there. I'm going to get you a truck on Monday. Within less than 48 hours, we had wired in $105,000, and three trucks were on their way. Wow. And I just cannot tell you that's enough for 144,000 meals. Meals. Great Hills is part of that. Yeah. Y'all. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just got to put this in perspective. I don't care if you gave five bucks. Mm-hmm. You gave somebody hope. Mm-hmm. This is going to, I mean, that first truck, it got delivered north of Kiev on Friday after I'd already got on the plane. That food was gone in a few hours. Wow. I mean, I've got tons of pictures that I, that I can't share, but it's a, some pasta and some oil delivering to some 80-year-old lady mm. or two 80-year-old couples. Yeah. That's all they got. Yeah. You're saving their life. And with every single delivery of food, mm-hmm. while I was there, they got delivered these little pamphlets. And it's the story of Christ. Amen. It's, it's basically the book of John condensed. And it's in, they have it in, in, um, in Ukrainian, they have it in Russian, they got it in Czech. Yeah. And depending on where it's going, what part of Ukraine, mm-hmm. then they get that pamphlet. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 to me, I'm, un, I'm 100% convinced that that pamphlet is saving souls. Yeah, praise the Lord. Well, and that's what I love. They're not only feeding people and helping people physically, but they're also sharing the gospel. And that's one of the things Fred told me. He said, before he left, he said, the reason I'm going is because I know somebody's going to ask me the question, why? Why in the world would you leave your home and the safety of your home and come here and, and work so hard and then actually go into this war-torn country? And, and Fred said, I'm just waiting on somebody to ask me. And as they ask him, that's when he would tell them. He'd share the, share the good news of the gospel with them. So, um, you know, I, I'm just so proud of you, Fred. I'm so proud of our church. Uh, we, we gave a few thousand dollars, not, not a whole lot. Uh, he gave a hundred, a hundred thousand. And so I just feel like we, can, we could probably do better. We could probably do more. And so um, I, I, want us to, uh, I want us to help. I want us to do a little bit, little bit more, a whole lot more, whatever God puts on our hearts uh, uh, to do. Uh, we're, we're way behind in the first quarter of giving. That's usually the way it goes in a church. Uh, the first quarter is pretty rough, January, February, March. So. But here's what I've learned, uh, Fred, through many years of ministry, that um, when you give a sacrifice and when you step up, God just takes care of it. And he's gonna take care of us, take care of our church. kind of next steps. And you notice I'm not getting real political. I'm not talking a whole lot about the politics of it, about, uh, you know, there's mixed feelings. I know that, and I'm not worried about the politics of it, but it's a war going on. I just hope we never have to endure something like that. I hope we never 
Um, I hope we never have to go uh, to Europe again and, and do a war like that. I, I'm, I'm sure hoping and praying, uh, but these dear people are in the fight of their lives. And, um, and it's just really surreal as I watch them on, on television. I don't know about y'all. Are y'all like me on that? You turn that on, you're just, you're just enthralled with it. You just can't hardly get it out of your, out of your mind. So kind of the next steps, I know, I know Fred and I were talking yesterday, there'll probably come a time in a few weeks, months, I don't know when, that he'll probably go back. And Lord willing, uh, Ashley and I wanna go with you. I understand, Paula, you're interested in, in, in going uh, this time. There'll probably be some folks here that will wanna, wanna go as well. We can't take the whole church, but I know we can take uh, some. And just go over there and physically serve those people, those refugees who have come out uh, of the country and share the love of Christ with them you had a picture of the Ukrainian Baptist Seminary. I don't know if we, we probably um, showed it. Uh, it. It says Ukraine Baptist Seminary. And that whole seminary has been transformed to a, a, re, a relief center. Uh, the, the classrooms, as Fred said, they are no longer classrooms. They are bedrooms for people. And this is a storage for food. And, and the pastors, the youth ministers, the professors, all those people, they have pivoted. And what they're doing now is not teaching doctrine and theology. They're actually living it out. They're just bringing people in, ministering to them. And man, I've been wanting to get over there and just love on those people and, and talk to as many people as I can. Fred, what can we do? I, I know there's probably a few things that all of us can do. Um, what, what can we do to help you and to help the people there? Yeah, well, let me, that, the whole hundred wasn't all mine. There were some friends of mine. Yeah, in there. well, um, if, if friends didn't pitch in, I know you, you yeah. would have you yeah, done know. whatever I, it took, but that's true. I, I stand yeah. corrected. There were a few yeah. people that, that did help. Yeah. So. Um, we interviewed a lady named Christian, Kristen, and um, she was the relief coordinator at a, at a pretty large center there in the Czech where the bus had come in from Lviv and dropped the people off. They would stay there for two or three days. And then they would move on into Poland, Romania, wherever they were going. Um, and I hope you can put that link on the church website. But it's a great interview. But I, that was the, my final question to, to uh, Christy. Um, how can we help? And she said, you know, the, it's the old go, give, pray. Mm -hmm. And um, not everybody can go over there. That's, that's understandable. And I don't know. I mean... You got to have a reason when you go. Um, the reason we went to what I thought we were doing may not have been the primary reason. We found out that just going and show them you care, that's huge. I mean, it's massive. Yeah. Giving money, that's a big help. But she said, please pray. Yeah. And, and I'm going to add something to what Christy didn't say. Pray for these relief workers. I mean, these are Sunday school teachers. These are youth ministers. Yeah. They're relief coordinators now. They're counselors. You know, they see these women coming in, and I, I, guys, I can't, I, I don't know how, they're, how, how they put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. yeah. And their job is 724, 365. Yeah. The war doesn't stop on Sundays. <laughs> So you pray for these relief workers. They're carrying a tremendous burden. Yeah. The truck drivers that are driving this food in, they're getting shot at. Yeah. They're going into to, uh, way past Kiev. As I mean, 
I met these truck drivers and I met these bus drivers and it was hard. I'm yeah. going, you know, yeah. I thought I was cool. Oh, really, dude? Mm. I mean, mm. we saw a bus come in with 40 women and children on it. Unloaded the bus, got their bags off the bus, and again, they are no, maybe one small suitcase per person. They may never see their home again. Mm-hmm. They may never see their husbands, their fathers, their sons again. Yeah. But anyway, we get, you get them all settled in, and then immediately when everybody gets off that bus, we take that bus, or we, the, the guy drove the bus around to a barn. We load that bus full of food, and they're gone. Mm. There's two bus drivers on every truck, there's two bus drivers, and there's two drivers on every bus. Mm. They don't stop. Mm. Pray for these people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's faith, that's courage, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. Yeah. And these really, pray for the Ukrainian people, mm-hmm. because the reason we have prayer is because prayer works. <laughs> Amen. And they need it. Yeah. They need our prayers. And it, yeah, they funding money and, and giving them food mm-hmm. gives them that life sustaining. Yeah. But please, please pray for these people. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we are, and, we, and we're going to uh, uh, continue to do so. And um, I, I just, I just think it's so neat that we we had a firsthand eyewitness account of, of what's going on over there. And I and I commend you, and I thank you for going. I know our church. Uh, is very appreciative as well. And so, you know, it, it just fits so well with, with who we are as a church, Fred. I mean, we exist to be that, um, that life-saving agency. You know, that, that um, I like to say, you know, we're, we're a hospital, you know, for, for hurting people. And you're seeing that first, firsthand there. And, I, and, I, and our church in Great Hills has been so generous and compassionate through, throughout our, our whole since 1950 years that we have been been this kind of church. And so, you know, I do want you to pray. I want you to pray about, you know, as God would, would put it on your heart, what to do, you know, what to give, what, where to go, if not Ukraine, to go somewhere. I know this is kind of service we do December, the first December. It's our Lottie Moon Christmas uh, offering service. But, man, this is part of, this is really the church at her best, is when we yeah. gather and then we go. Uh, can I say something? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and pray for this group that we found that, that we've been helping out. It's called Josiah Ventures. It's a European-based group of men and women. And what they do is they put youth ministers in churches. And they've got over 100 in Ukraine. And they've got, they got over, I think, 250 all over Europe. Mm-hmm. But they have over 100. And the reason they're focusing on the, on the youth is the older people, like people my age, who lived in Soviet Russia, atheism has, it's been, they've been indoctrinated, but the youth are open. They're open. They haven't had the propaganda. So that's what they focus on. So they have connections with a hundred churches. They have all these youth ministers. The churches are now refuges. And so they have completely pivoted their, their role from youth ministers to relief coordinators. And I mean, there's Sasha, there's Kasha, born and raised. Uh, Sasha was born and raised in Burka, the place that you mm. saw mm. Um, mm. with all the dead bodies. That's his home. And he was telling me his story, and he started crying. Mm-hmm. And 
we can share that in it, but these people, this is the church. The church is saving Ukraine. Yeah. And, and I just want to tell you, if, if, if people are watching online and you're not going to church anymore, the physical church because of COVID, please come back. Mm. This, yeah. mm. this is the church. Yeah. Support your church. It's the primary. I mean, I've seen it. It's real. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I just want the church to survive so that if anything happens bad in the United States, the church will pop up. And let me tell you, these people six weeks ago were, were doing just what we're doing, mm-hmm. sitting on a Sunday, going yeah. to church, and they're going to go eat. A week later, they were being bombed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen here, but, yeah. but the church. Yeah, Fred, one of his quotes, I love it. He says, the church, the local church is the hope of the world. And, uh, and I, I love that. And I'm a churchman. You're a churchman. Obviously, you're, you're here today to, to, to be present and to, um, uh, to worship the Lord and to hear his word, albeit a different sermon today. But sometimes it's just good to hear from somebody else, you know, and it's good to hear uh, just a real life testimony of what God is doing uh, around the world. So, you know, this week, I, I would encourage us, uh, church family, as we, as we live out this Passion Week, uh, Friday, we'll gather together at 6 o'clock. Uh, 6 p.m., we'll have the Lord's Supper. Uh, we're going to have some time of praise and worship. I'll share a brief message, and it's going to be, it's going to be a powerful time where we are gathered together. Then, of course, Sundays, Resurrection Sunday at 11 o'clock here, but also up at 5 o'clock in Liberty Hill. And, um, you know, it's, um, who, who knows what, what the future holds? God does. Um, I, I hope Great Hills doesn't become a, a refugee center, you know, where there's war and, and people are, are, are having to come here to, to live and we have to transform our sanctuary and all of our Sunday school classes, connect group classes uh, to those, those kind of relief centers. But what if we do? You know, what if, what if we do? What if, what, if that's hap- what if that is going to happen? And then we will, and we'll be prepared for it. I don't know. I, I do know it's, it's an interesting time uh, to be alive. And uh, if I were you and I didn't know the Lord, I think I'd get to know him really quick, you know, just real, real quick, get to know him. Not to, not, not no fear tactics or anything like that. And if, you, if you're interested in, in, in Christianity in church, you probably ought to go ahead and get all in and, and get, get plugged in and get involved with it uh, because... These are interesting days uh, in which we live. I'm just, I'm so grateful to God for our church, for the missionary heart uh, that our church has. And uh, so, Fred, thank you. God bless you. Yes, Appreciate you. Yes, yeah. Can yeah, I do more? Yeah. Give it to us. I got, I got one last little thing that I, that I thought the Lord laid on my heart. And, and it, it seems like in the United States right now, it's just not cool to stand up for God. And a lot of times we're quiet. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether it's standing up for the Ukrainian people or the abortion issues mm-hmm. or whatever political issue that touches your heart and you feel God is, your people are doing something against what God wants. Mm-hmm. Stand up yeah. and say, stop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, man up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just, that's what the Lord put on my heart. Well, and you not only preach it, you live it. And I, I believe it. So thank you. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. I was going to hug your neck. God bless you.
You can take that down to Ashley. Okay. That's good. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Come on up. Come on up. Good, good. So great. You can remain standing. We're going to have a song, and uh, we're going to uh, have a time of prayer here at the altar, and we invite you to come. Lord may put something on your heart you need to talk to the Lord about, or you may need to speak with uh, one of our, our pastors, one of our staff. Fred, if you and Paula, I, I, I know y'all are busy and you probably got plans, but could y'all just hang out for a few minutes at the coffee shop? People may want to come by and just say hello to you and just maybe share a story you can share. If you've got just a few extra minutes, Ashley and I will be in there. And um, you may just want to go shake his hand and say, I touched a real live missionary. You know, this guy is, is doing, the, doing the deal. And if you want to give, and I know some of you do, know Ashley and I have given, um, you just, if you write a check out to Great Hills Baptist Church and the little line there, memo line, you can put Ukraine. You can give online. Thank you, David, who's created a drop down. You can just click Ukraine. You can give some money there. All of that money, by the way, that you give is going to go right into helping those three semi trucks that delivered food about $105,000, uh, and so um, that would be cool if we could support that, and thank you so much for, for always um, being so supportive. Father, we thank you for our time together, and Lord, thank you now for a time of decision that we all can just take a deep breath, bow our heads, close our eyes, pray, think about what we've heard today. Uh, Lord, I do pray for those that are in this room, those that are online. Lord, these are intense times in which we live, and God, I I thank you that you allowed us to be born for such a time as this. You allowed uh, us to know you at such a time like this. So we pray that we would not drop the baton, would not drop the ball. Uh, God, we'd be faithful in our, in our sphere of influence. I pray this week, God, would be a great week for our church. I pray that we'd be on mission, that we would be inviting people to, to join us, to come and, and worship. Thank you for this message you've given me, Lord, next Sunday as we... Focus on the power of believing and how that impacts our minds and how it changes our lives as we have faith, as we trust in you, God, for better days, to give us healing, to give us strength, to be the people of God you've called us to be. We do pray. and you, We've been asked, Lord, and we want to be faithful to pray uh, for the Ukrainian people. We're praying for them in Jesus' name, for protection, for healing, for strength. We're praying, God, for the anxiety of separation from so many uh, fathers and brothers and and uncles and husbands are having to say goodbye. We pray for these ladies, Lord, who are crossing over into the European countries with their children, with their grandmothers and great-grandmothers. We pray for peace and healing. And I just, I just pray, God, that they would know that the people here in this country care, that we love them. We, we love them through our prayers. We love them through going over there. We love them through sending money. And we just pray for them, God, if we're in that position. And we could be, Lord, one day. We could be. And if we are ever in that position, I know that we would want the, the, the nations of this world to pray for us, to help us. And so, Lord, we don't want to be so boastful, be so proud to think that things could not change in a moment. Lord, things could change in our, in our families in a moment. I pray, God, that uh, we, would, we would not uh, take for granted what you have given us. Lord, a great church, great families. Uh, many of our people, Lord, uh, probably everybody, most everybody drove a car here today. Uh, and we have so very much, and we're, we're just so very, very grateful. 
But Lord, I pray as you speak, I thank you for speaking to Fred, and I know you speak to all of us, Lord. And, and church family, as you're praying with me, I, I really wanna come back around and just ask you that question. What does the Lord need of you? Some of y'all are gonna challenge me, and I'm gonna go ahead and address your challenge, okay? Lord doesn't need anything. He's sovereign. He doesn't. I get that. I understand that. But the Bible says, go get those donkeys and colts because I need them. I need them. And here, here's what I think is going on. God, in that sense, needs us because he wants to get you involved for his glory and for your everlasting benefit. And the only way that happens is for you to get involved. So let, let me just ask you this. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. What, what does God need you to do? No, really. What is he asking you uh, to do? It may be just going across the street this week to your neighbor. And I, Ashley and I, we got, we got a bunch of new neighbors. And our goal is to take them cookies and just talk to them and invite them to, uh, to church. It's so cool, church family. When I'm south of Austin or in central Austin, I invite people here. If I'm north, I invite them there. We're, we're, we're just one church, and we're inviting people and, and expanding our, our witness. And I mean, what, what is it that God is speaking to your heart? Here's what I need you to do. I tell you, the Holy Spirit, he will let you know. Father, as we praise you and worship you today, I pray that you'd speak to us and help us to listen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jeff, won't you lead us in our song as we worship?